1: Patriots podcast
0: with Nick Cavins.
1: He's Greg. I'm Nick. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. One-stop shopping for 75 high-quality vitamins to help you start your day right. Also, betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on sports. And yet again, another crushing defeat for the Patriots over the weekend. Uh, hopefully, it did not ruin all of your Christmas weekends. We told you late last week, don't let it impact your life that much, no matter how bad it could look. Or how they could lose this game. Here we are, Greg, though. Your number one takeaway when you watch
0: the film of the Bengals and Patriots from Saturday. My number one takeaway is don't be fooled by the histrionics at the end of the game. Um, The bottom line is this is just not a good football team. The Patriots had something to play for especially after the way the Raiders game ended. That was a game they should have won. They didn't win. They come home. It's the day before Christmas. A good opponent is coming in, someone that you could sort of, you know, strut your stuff against and say, hey, you know, we're, we're not as bad as everybody makes, it, makes us out to be. And what do the Patriots do? They're just completely awful on, in all three phases, including the Pilardi drop punt. I mean, the defense just comes out and, you know, five plays, they go right down the field and score. The Bengals just did whatever they wanted to in the first half, defensively, and really into the second half. And then, you know, sort of circumstances dictated certain things. And offensively, they didn't even cross into Bengals territory till the end of the third quarter. I mean, what kind of professional football team are you? And the Bengals, like, I mean, they're good, but they're not that good. And it's not like the Bengals played, you know, perfect football. And it was just like, oh, geez, you know, what are you going to do? They're just that good. And they're playing that good. And I didn't think that was the case at all. I think the Patriots just, I was just, I was disappointed by the way they came out on defense. And of course, the offense was just more the same. And, And the root cause is, really bad coaching and it just leads to bad football. And I don't care if they had a chance, they fumble it away and they had a chance to, you know, come back and do whatever at the end of the game. Um, that's just window dressing. This is, this, this is not a good football team. This is a team that used to find ways to win. Now they find different ways to lose. And, and if I'm a Patriots fan, like I don't, I wouldn't want to hear any of the talk about the postseason or anything like that. Like not after like this team's just what they've done over the past month of the season. And this is like, you know, now going back multiple years. I mean, come on, like be real. Even if they make the playoffs, it's a, it's like a pity birth. This is not a good football team. And they, they once again reinforced that on Sunday.
1: That was an embarrassing, horrendous first half in every single facet that you could imagine. And here's my takeaway. When we talk about all of this, they had a chance to win. They had a chance to win against the Raiders last week. They have a chance to get into playoffs still somehow, some way. Look, that's an indictment on the NFL. It's not a credit to the Patriots. It's an indictment on how average this league is. And the fact that you've got 10 to 15 teams who just aren't really good. And they're all trying to find ways to not get to the playoffs. And the Patriots are leading that pack. They're not a good football team. Don't fall into this idea that they are a good football team. What do your eyes tell you? What do people like Greg and, and Kurt Warner and Dan Orlovsky and a lot of other guys who watch the film and, and women like Mina Kimes, you know, what do they tell you about this team? This team is not good. The only reason they're sitting here at seven and eight with even a chance of quote unquote being in the hunt is because the league, for the most part, stinks. You've got three or four teams that seem like legit contenders. You've got the next 10 to 12 teams, if that, that are just kind of muddling away. And then you've got the truly sucky teams. Now, fortunately, the Patriots are are not one of those truly sucky teams. They're just bled. And that's what they've been. And coaching-wise, Greg, I agree with you. You you're, You're doubling Boyd. And you're, you're going one-on-one against chase and Higgins. Please tell me why it makes no sense to me. Oh, could you imagine that Marcus Jones is going to get out jumped for a football by a guy who is, you know, six to eight inches taller, uh, the the same offensive stuff that we've run through. It's, it's the same thing. It's Bill Murray and groundhogs day. You're rolling over in bed, punching the alarm clock, hoping that this day ends because you're sick and tired of watching a Matt Patricia awful offense. And that's what it's been. Um, One thing before we get into like the biggest issues of this team, Greg, the the Ramondre Stevenson fumble. Uh, I thought, I thought the whistle should have been blown forward progress. I don't think it was as egregious as some think. I do think his forward progress was stopped. I do do think the whistle should have been blown not to excuse the fumble, you know, try to hold on to the football, but, but what did you see it and did you think that it was a miss by the crew?
0: Yeah, I, at first in the moment, live, um, I, that, that was my immediate thought I was like You know Wasn't forward progress stopped You know c- Couldn't they have ruled that And you know The more I've watched it I understand why they didn't call it uh, Because You know Credit You know R- Ramondre's just trying to make a play And, and how many times have we seen it? it Seems like more Than ever now In today's NFL Where you see A guy get bottled up And then all of a sudden He doesn't give up on it And the backside's open And now all of a sudden He darts through for a touchdown Or a big gain Like it seems like we see that all the time now where really when we were kids, Barry Sanders was like the only guy who ever did that. But now it seems like on the regular. Um, So, you know, Ramondre got knocked back and he could have just given up on the play. But I think, you know, the officials let it go for a second. Then he stuck his foot in the ground and he went forward. And that's when the ball popped out. So I understand them. I I think, you know, they've been taught, hopefully, and it's not always executed this way, uh, to eat the whistle a little bit because, you know, replay can always overturn things, especially on turnovers. Um, I don't think replay could really stop that. That's more of a judgment call. I, where I stand on it is I don't I, – I wouldn't have had an issue either way. If they would have ruled in the Patriots' favor and said forward progress is stopped, I wouldn't have had an issue. I don't have an issue with them not blowing it dead. And I also – there's probably some – discussion uh, uh, among people I don't know Nick you probably hear it more than I do about sort of the way the Patriots managed that end of the game there I'm sorry I I know the Patriots are grenade offense and you were just waiting for something bad to happen because something bad is going to happen with this offense it's just a matter of time and in general about the offense like you said um, it's It's just you're you're looking for various layers of – various multitudes of how much are they going to suck this week? Like is it going to be really bad? Are they going to suck a lot or are they just going to suck a little bit? You know, that's pretty much what we're into at this point. But I thought (laughs) – I, you know, even with the problems that they have on offense, I thought the Patriots managed the, the end of the game exactly the way they needed to. You still need to manage the game. You need to understand that Joe Burrow and those guys are on the other side, that if you lead them any time, you're going to lose. It's like going up against Brady and the, and the old Patriots. So I have no problems with what they did. Just, you know, Ramondre instincts took over sort of like the week before um, and cost the team uh, a potential victory.
1: Yeah, it's just tough. Uh, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people looking at this, uh, I saw, you know, Booger tweet out, Booger McFarland tweet out, say that should have been forward progress stopped in new England. Wow. Mina Kimes quote tweeted it and said, looks like new England got jobbed uh, two straight weeks. It, it is difficult to look at these uh, at the end of these games and, you know, Last week we said, Hey, you know, you, you said, Greg, the Keelan Cole touchdown. Like I, I wouldn't have been upset if it was ruled that he was out of bounds. I wouldn't be upset if he was ruled inbounds. And now you get this where it's like, I wouldn't have been upset if it was forward progress. Now, it, It's just unfortunate for, for the Patriots that both of those calls that, Hey, could have gone either way, both went against them. And, and you could argue the other side with both of those calls. But really, I mean, when you look at it and I agree with you, I, I don't have any problem with the way they managed the clock and how they managed the game. I, I thought, Uh, They were they were doing it exactly right. As a matter of fact, it's just the fact that like this team even had a chance. And I I think Mm -hmm. people I hope people realistically look they really they realistically look at this game and, and understand why the Patriots had a chance. It wasn't because the Patriots played great football and all you literally had like three or four Christmas miracles fall in your lap to have a chance to win this game. You had the Joe Burrow miscommunication with the wide receiver, which became the pick six for Marcus Jones. You had the missed extra points. You had the missed field goal. You had the, you know, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. Deflection pass into the lap of Myers, who's standing right there, who walks in for a touchdown. I mean, (laughs) there were so many things that had to go your way in, in, in such oddity that happened and played out. Like, you just can't look at this and say, oh man, they, you know, they were, you know, they were inside the 10. They, they, they should have won that game. They could have won. Hey man, a a lot of stuff happened that usually doesn't happen for you to even have a shot. So again, be realistic about this team. And I think to credit fans, I I honestly do feel this way. I feel like this year that a a lot of fans are, are being realistic about this team. I think a lot of people watching this team understand they're not very good. And, you know, I had that poll question up there a couple of weeks ago about, you know, would you rather see them lose out after that Raiders loss, get a better pick and put some pressure on Belichick? And again, you know, almost 70% of the people said, yes, lose out. Because I think people understand that this team's not very good. With that said, let's kind of dig a little deeper each side of the football defensively, Greg, to you, what is the biggest
0: issue that is hurting this team defensively? Well, and it's, it's not just my opinion. I'm going off what the film shows and, and, you know, I rely on that for everything. And when it comes to the way teams do things, it tells you what the coaches think and the way the Patriots defense the Bengals. And it's the same way they defense, the bills. um, It's, They don't think they can cover well enough in the back end. They just, they, they don't, they just play a lot of zone. They lay off. It's, we don't want to, we don't want to give up a big play. We don't want to give up a, a a quick touchdown or anything like that. We're not good enough in the back end. And it's, look, it's no indictment on these guys. I mean, no one thought that Marcus Jones was going to be out there. Um, he shouldn't be out there that that wasn't the plan. I mean, he's like the, the fourth guy out there after Jalen Mills and Jack Jones. And I'm sure there are other guys who they wanted to be out there. And, you know, they're they're left with him. But I think, you know, you just look at where they are. I mean, just look at the drop-off Nick from say like the 2014 Patriots, where you had Revis on the outside, you had Browner that you could know could match up with whoever. And I forget, was Jonathan Jones the slot back then? I don't think he was. But anyways um that was a team where they had confidence in what they had in the back end. They knew that they could match up or at least, you know, throw wrenches in. Now the Patriots are just like they they tell the opponent the way that they play against the good offenses. We we can't cover in the back end. Because ideally what you do is you marry uh, you know a little press coverage here, a little this that. So you you can get the the pass rush home and you don't have to send like extra guys, but it was so easy for Burrow in this game. And don't don't get mixed up with the second half. I mean, really, you know, you talked about it. The Bengals, you know, stopped themselves. I mean, even earlier, the Tyler Boyd, the Devin McCourty interception. That's Tyler Boyd stopped. Burrow thought he was going to keep going. That's why that interception happened. Um, you know, the Bengals also wanted to run a little bit more clock. You know, first drive of the second half. Salute to Carl Davis for standing up the center on the third and one. The Bengals picked that up. They're probably still going. Um, The pick six came after a holding penalty. And then, you know, like you said, Burrow and Chase just didn't see it the right way. And I do credit, though, it wasn't just, you know, watching it back on film. It wasn't just Marcus Jones sort of getting lucky. Um, You know, he made a conscious decision. And I don't know if he saw something in film because really, the way the defense is supposed to be played there, and say, like if Sean Wade was out there or gave up a touchdown and his one snap in this game, um bumbling and tripping over himself in the end zone, um, if Sean Wade's out there, Sean Wade is giving him ten yards cushion and he's afraid to get beaten over the top, because really, that's what the the Patriots were bringing a little bit of pressure. And really Jones should be on way on top of Jamar Chase there, and he should not allow him to get by him. But Jones, I don't know if it was just a risk. I don't know if he fell asleep. I don't know what it was, but he played that perfectly. and a lot of other guys wouldn't have played it that way. so salute to him. it was kind of a it was kind of a lucky uh, play. Uh, third drive, Patriots stopped them. Phillips made a right, nice read on third down credit there. Fourth drive um. They dropped a touchdown, then missed the field goal. Should have been game over at that point. Kyle Duggar was completely toasted over the middle. Uh, Irwin dropped the pass. Fifth one was the fumble. Judon made a nice pre-snap adjustment, so salute to him. You can see him signaling out to Marcus Jones, like, I'm going to drop, and good job to him. But Chase can't fumble there. Um, you know. And then the sixth drive, the Bengals were just trying to make the Patriots burn their timeouts, which they did. So you know it wasn't so much the patriots stopping them they didn't change anything they did in the second half um it was just sort of circumstances but the biggest thing to me is they need to get they need to get better in the secondary we started the season talking about this like you know it, it, we we're talking about the trade deadline if at the trade deadline if i'm going to get anybody it's a cornerback because they can't cover well enough and that's where they are and it's just it's sort of a sad state of affairs that bill Belichick's defenses Basically, wave the white flag when it comes to good quarterbacks with a decent amount of weapons. They just say we can't compete. We're just going to try to hold them up and hope they screw up. Shout out to
1: Kyle Arrington. I think he was the uh, he was the nickel back the, the slot. Um, I believe. In, that, in the Super in Bowl though. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the corners now, not to get too deep into yeah. the, the the rabbit hole. Arrington was there. Um, your boy, Alfonso Denard was there. Uh, also don't forget Malcolm Butler was there. So you, I mean, Ah. if you think about, if you think about the corners though, man, Revis, Browner, Butler, Arrington, uh, Denard. I mean, you look at that secondary, they, they still had Patrick Chung, obviously out there. They had McCordy, uh, Harmon, who was, was, you know, (laughs) <laughs> no hit and miss Harmon. But uh, yeah, so that was the secondary. Look, you look at the cornerbacks. And I remember the beginning of the season, the first six or seven weeks, you and I, we said, man, Jonathan Jones is playing his tail off. Like if you looked mm-hmm. at a lot of these statistics and the analytics and, and when you watch the film, he, he, he was off to a really good start. Um, and now as he's played better teams and better receivers and better quarterbacks, he's fallen off a cliff. And so, you know, at first, the first month, month and a half, we said, Hey man, maybe Belichick knew, you know, maybe the tip of the cap to Belichick, he knew Jonathan Jones was better than, than we thought he was going to be. Not to say that he's a bad football player. Well, let's, let's not give the tip of the cap because I I think we've now seen against good competition and good quarterbacks. Jonathan Jones is not anywhere near a top cornerback. On top of that, you get the Mills injury, you get the Jack Jones injury. Uh, I think Marcus Jones, to me, has has been a revelation in, in some way because he's playing all three phases. And, and I think, you know, if, if there's some positives or silver linings to take from what we've seen this year, Marcus Jones is one of those. I think, given the circumstances and what they've asked of this guy, I don't know if you could expect him to be any better than he's been. I think he's been mostly terrific, again, relatively speaking. But the the thing that bugs me is we all knew look, you can say they got their young cornerbacks and Marcus Jones and Jack Jones. Okay. True. Uh, The the biggest issue I have with the cornerback position is, is the fact that they held on to Sean Wade and it's obvious this dude's not an NFL cornerback. He, he, we, we we said it a week or two ago that, you know, he gets, he gets beat on the crosser and he looks like he's running in quicksand. He said the Ravens, One thing the Ravens do, and they do plenty of things really well, not offensively so much, but the the, the things that they do well defensively, one of those things is that they do a great job at identifying cornerbacks and being able to kind of develop those guys. They've done it over years. They're not always perfect at it. But the fact that they were so quick to pull the trigger on that Sean Wade trade, you know, should have told you that they saw something in that guy. That okay, he's he's not what he was a couple of years ago at Ohio State. He's he's not going to be he's not going to be good enough. And um, I feel like the Patriots, the Patriots held on to Sean Wade not because they thought Sean Wade could help this football team tangibly. They held on to him because they traded for him. And, and I don't think Belichick wanted the egg on his face and said, okay, let, let's let's carry him over for one more year. Uh, every time he's out there on the field, he's a mess. So, I mean, I, I just, I, he's wasting a roster spot to me. He hardly plays, and when he plays, he stinks. So, you know, maybe you should have looked at trying to add to the cornerback depth and, and, and try to bring somebody in, whether it was via the draft or however, to, to try to bring somebody in who could help you depth wise just in case. Because right now, one of your corners is just a waste of space. With all due respect to you, Sean Wade, you know, congratulations making the NFL and all that stuff. You, you play more in the NFL than I will ever play in the NFL but he's just not good. And, and so that's a waste of a spot to me. And when you talk about taking pride in the 53, I just don't get it. I don't get, um, you know, having the double teams, as I spoke earlier, doubling Boyd in the red zone and not doubling Chase or Higgins made no sense, but they need a legit number one cornerback, a legit number one guy, whether that's through the draft or signing, even if Jack Jones develops and he develops into, let's say a top two, You still need that dude. And then you can slide. I think Marcus Jones inside. And if you have a legit number one, Jalen Mills, Jack Jones and Marcus Jones, you feel pretty good about it. But right now it's not good enough. Offensively, same question. What's the uh, biggest thing that sticks out to you, Greg amongst, I'm sure many things that can stick out to you
0: about this offense. Let's talk about that after I tell the good people about Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for six months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste, a little minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things you're looking for. I'm telling you, when I take it, it feels like I've had like a energy shot. Everything is on point. I take it first thing in the morning. Now it's part of my routine and I'd be lost without it. I love how it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com Bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So, Nick, on the offense, I'm looking forward to the season, man. <laughs> just so my blood pressure can, like, regulate, like um, – I can't tell you how sick and tired I am of watching this offense on film. I mean, it's the same crap over and over again. I mean, you know, here's the thing. Matt Jones played really well in this game. And, like, he threw the ball really well. Um, But it's just stupid fundamentals and just not being together and, like, you know, like, you know, just for instance, and I'm sure some people on Twitter have seen Dan Orlovsky tweeted it out. I think you were hinting at it. The first two third downs of the game, you know, on the first one, Johnny runs into Hunter Henry. Johnny's um, not supposed to be there. He's supposed to cut across. He runs into Hunter Henry, hurts him. Okay. <laughs> that, so that's, that's tight end number one down. There's $12.5 million gone probably for the rest of the season. A second, third down. Now Kendrick Bourne runs the wrong route and runs the defender right into Johnny Smith, who pops him, and Johnny Smith has to lead with a concussion. Now he's probably out. That's another twelve and a half million dollars, not in your lineup, just because of stupidity and bad coaching. Um, you know, because as as Dan pointed out on the on the play, to, um, excuse me, sorry, that that was wrong. The, the, the Johnny Smith play was later, but the, the second third down was Mac Jones gives like a signal to his receivers. And for it looked like Jacoby Myers was supposed to step back, catch the ball and then go, but guess what? Jacoby Myers isn't looking at Mac Jones doesn't see the signal. So when Mac goes to throw it to him, he's like, Oh crap. Now what do I do? And he takes like a zero yard sack. Um, let's see what else. Um, there was a, there, there was a, uh, in the second quarter, there was a first and 10 play. And this, oh, this drives me absolutely insane. So the Patriots set up, they bring in their heavy package. They bring in uh, Kajust as the sixth offensive lineman. They go heavy. They're signaling to the defense, we're going to run, run. We're going to run it. But guess what? They run play action. And Mac gives a good play action fake, and this is their normal bang action. Jacoby Myers is supposed to go up, cut in, boom, catch it, 20-yard gain. Here we go. But guess what bleeping happens? Sorry, I'm trying not to swear on, on, on the podcast. (laughs) guess what happens so max going through his play action and guess what jacoby myers is doing he's hopping all over the place like trying to like throw people off but not just one then he gets to the top of his route and he does it again meanwhile max waiting for him to turn around so he can throw him the effing ball because he's open but instead jacoby myers is dancing all over the place like that is a (laughs) route i've been watching this route for 20 years there is not room for improvisation on this route. That is a timing route. Run the effing route right. Like seriously. <laughs> and, and, and then people want to be like, oh, Jones, he sucks. And then, you know, that's the throw. That's the play where he threw it high to Jacoby Myers. And he almost gets his head taken off. Yeah. You know why? Because Jacoby Myers ran that route like a jackass. Like this stuff goes on all the time on this film. (laughs) Um, Let's see third and five there's a third and five play in the first half and they, they they know they have man coverage they're running a little right they get Jacoby Myers behind John U. Smith and John U. Smith is supposed to run up the field basically run a, a rub route for him of course he doesn't run that right and then it's because you have Jacoby Myers there other teams have like Tyreek Hill there who's like whoop. whoop, whoop. then he catches the ball and he goes 80 yards for a touchdown instead Jacoby Myers is too slow and the pass gets uh either broken up or uh, or he gets tackled right away short of it. I think maybe that was the play where Belichick punted on fourth and one when they're down 15 nothing, And then the other third down, Strange gets his ass beat for a sack. Like, that's your first half offense. And the quarterback has nothing to do with any of that. Like, so, and then Mac in the second half played really well. You know, there were some unfortunate plays. The sack that you talked about down at the two-yard line, that was That was look like Kevin Harris, the rookie, didn't block that right. Like, it's just it's just a disaster. And, And if you if you come out of that game and you say anything about Mac Jones, you are a friggin idiot. You don't know anything about football. Turn this podcast off right now. Unsubscribe because you don't know anything. I'm just sick of this stuff. Like, stop making excuses for Belichick and his bad coaches. Stop blaming the quarterback. Other games, you could. This game, no. Mac Jones played well in this game. It's just they're a freaking disaster on offense all the way around. And I give credit because Mac's doing the best job that he can. He did a good job in this game. Kendrick Bourne did a good job in this game because guess what? They actually decided to play their best wide receiver who can actually get open and the quarterback trusts somewhat. Whoa. All the wonders. I mean, Jesus. Like, I'm just, this season cannot end soon enough. And here's the thing. People are getting geeked up about the playoffs. Guess what? Guess what, Nick? This is this would just be so typical of this stupid effing season of this football team. That they go through, they beat Teddy Bridgewater, and Josh Allen doesn't play in the last game, and they win that game. And guess what? They go through the whole season beating one starting quarterback named Jared freaking Goff. Like, seriously, just end this season quickly, please. And let's just move on so they can rebuild and actually be a real football team this year because they are not a real football team right now. All right, I'm sorry. I just got that out of my system. That was impressive.
1: No, that was, that <laughs> was, that was, a, talk about a jolly part of the year. my man Greg, <laughs> that, was, that was well done. Look, there's not much to add to that. I will just say a couple of things. They stink offensively that I have ranted In the weeks leading up to this pod, Greg just got that off of his chest. They stink. Everybody sees it. And if you don't see it, we can't help you at this point. Uh, They need an offensive coordinator badly. They need probably a quarterback's coach badly. Move Joe Judge to special teams where he's really good. Move Matt Patricia to the defensive side of the football where he is better. Find somebody who can run your offense and not have it look like this. They also need a wide receiver one that can actually separate consistently and draw tons of attention. They also need probably both offensive tackle spots figured out. That's what they get two legitimate offensive tackles, get a credible wide receiver one who can separate and get an offensive coach, offensive mind that can run this offense and help rebuild Mac Jones. And for those who were chanting Bailey Zappi, on saturday because there were enough of you that you could hear yeah. it a little bit when watching the game Shame. we revoke your fan card that's right i'm taking your fan card from you uh, you don't you don't deserve a ticket to that game you don't deserve your fan card right now we are revoking your privileges to be a patriots fan if you are watching this offense and chanting for bailey zappy If you think, as Greg said, this is on Mac Jones, you haven't been paying attention. You don't understand what the heck is going on because it's rather obvious. Mac is trying to make the best out of a deplorable, disgusting, awful, horrendous, embarrassing situation on that side of the football. Full stop period. End of sentence. This isn't on Mac and it's not because, you know, has Mac played uh, exceptional? No. Has he made some mistakes? Certainly. But as we've said in the last couple of weeks, I don't know what you expect from this young man. You can't trust your offensive line. You can't trust your coaching staff. You can't trust your play calling. You can't trust your wide receivers. The only guy on offense that you can trust consistently that's out there is Ramondre. Your favorite receiver, Kendrick Bourne, doesn't play. And when Belichick is asked about why he played 11 snaps against the Raiders, oh, no specific reason. Okay, great. What, what is that? And, and, and that stuff, you know, That stuff with Belichick, by the way, like it used to work when you were winning consistently and you were a really good football team because you were always given the benefit of the doubt. But when it's obvious, Bourne's out there in the second half and Mac is just so much more comfortable throwing the football to the guy and they are seemingly on the same page the vast majority of the time, which is something new with this offense this year. And he's making incredible diving toe tap catches by the sidelines. And he's going up and he's grabbing a football that was thrown up against triple coverage. By the way, Mac did throw two dimes to Bourne on that drive, but there's, there's no excuse why this guy's not playing more. The, why? Cause he called out your crappy offense. Get over it. Your offense sucks. He should be calling it out, but those people, Chanting Bailey Zappy. I don't care if you're all liquored up because it was the holiday. Be embarrassed. You should be more embarrassed about your, your showing, your performance on Saturday, chanting Zappy than you're embarrassed by the Patriots' performance. All right. Three up, three down, Greg. Quickly, what do you got?
0: Uh, so, uh, three up, I have Kendrick Bourne, Matthew Judon and Mac Jones, uh, down. I I couldn't narrow it down. So I'm going, uh, Tyquan Thornton, Ramondre Stevenson, Cole Strange, Johnny Smith, Jonathan Jones, Bentley. Um, let's see. Uh, Marcus Jones outside of the pick six. He was bad on defense. He just was, he had a nice play on offense too. You know, he, he was bad. Duggar was bad. Like just a lot of bad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not like 90% of the team down,
1: uh, Kendrick Bourne, up. Mac played well, as Greg said, given what the hell's going on out there, but it's, it's frustrating. And, and, and can you imagine, like you said, Greg, not only if they win these two games by beating backup quarterbacks, if that's how it plays out and then they get into the playoffs, listen, here's the thing for Patriots fans to think about. Okay it's not about this year and I know, you know, fans want teams to win and they get up every weekend. They they spend their whole week waiting for the next game and you want to see your team win because that's the natural feeling of a fan. You're a fan because you want to root for teams that win and you want championships and all of that. At this point, when you're watching this, I just want you to think about one scenario. If they backdoor their way into the playoffs this year, if they find that way to do it, I want you to, to think about that might, and I'm not saying it's going to, but that might give Belichick credence in his mind to keep things the same. He will have some kind of argument, even though we will think it's delusional. He can say, hey, look, we won nine games, back-to-back years in the playoffs. Um, you know, our, some of our draft picks have hit, yada, yada, yada. What you want right now is you want change. You want significant change and the easiest path to significant change is this team losing the next two weeks, finishing seven and 10, realizing they weren't good understanding offensively. It was a disaster that was all orchestrated by Belichick and that they need to hit the reset button on that side of the football. So the quickest and easiest way to getting that done is them not backdooring themselves into the playoffs. You want to start this off season as soon as freaking possible. Uh, betonline.ag. We still got the uh, member question of the day uh, from, from one of Greg's uh, readers at Boston but first But
0: tell the people about that online, Greg. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL and bowl season to esports and the NBA. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Bet BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
1: want to do another stomp you out speech.
0: It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal.
1: Listen to The Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'll just take it from here, Nikki, because I got to get out of here. Go over to Felgar and Maz. Uh, CC877 and a bunch of other numbers uh, says, we play Tampa 2 now? We never played much of that in previous years. I thought we played cover three. I could be wrong, but I don't remember us playing much robber either. Uh, Patriots have always played a lot of robber, a lot. Um, it's like their favorite. It's So that's the one high safety, and then they drop down the other one to sort of selectively double a guy depending on formation and also personnel. Uh, the Patriots have always had Tampa cover two in their arsenal. Uh, they often use it. In longer yardage situations, they often use it in the red zone. Teams are starting to go after that now. Uh, the Bengals, the Raiders hit them with the Waller touchdown. You had the first Irwin touchdown. You had the drop, you know, Irwin uh, touchdown. Um, so teams they're going to have to change some things up because teams are going after the middle of the field, the deep middle of the field against them. And McCourty is no longer as fast as he once was. Uh, But I will say it's related to what we were talking about earlier. The Patriots are playing more of it now because they're not talented enough in the back end and they know it. They can't defend the upper level offenses, quarterbacks, weapons in this league. So when they can't do that, they play a lot of zone and, you know, Tampa two should give you in theory, more chances to get your hands on balls than say cover three, um, but, yeah, the Patriots are playing a lot more of it now, and it's because they don't think they can cover, and I don't disagree with that. He's Greg Omnick. Of course, you can listen
1: to the pod twice a week during football season brought to you by Athletic Greens and BetOnline.ag. We're back later this week to preview the Miami game. Until then, I don't know, lick your wounds, try to fight through this. Hopefully, you all will be well.